welcome everybody to another fun little episode of me spotlighting uh, incredible individuals, incredible projects in Web3. Uh, one of my biggest missions with uh, Web3 uh, has always been education. And a big part of education is ensuring that individuals and projects that are changing the game and kind of changing the status quo on existing industries or uh, things, uh, making sure that those individuals and projects get a platform. Um, I appreciate having Astrals with us today, and um, I believe I have the founder. And I don't know if you have a co-founder with you as well in the project, but I'll let you talk about everything. We're going to get started. We have Jeremy with us. So grateful that you can make the time. Um, I love the fact that we're, we're chatting offline about a lot of interesting things, but I will let you take this away, Jeremy. Tell us everything about yourself. <laughs> Oh wow, yeah, that's 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 a good start. <laughs> yeah, um, thanks for having having us, and uh, thanks for having me, um, and thanks thanks to those who sh who showed up and who do uh, listen to the playback. Yes, we are Astral's Entertainment. Um, we sort of started off our um, as our company was named Astral's on X to match our Twitter handle, um, but we ended up evolving that into a new company called Astral's Entertainment. Because we weren't just dealing with music anymore, we we uh, kind of expanded to uh, um, film uh, filmmakers, uh, excuse me, um, other types of visual artists. Um, we're even looking at some some comedians, so we'll we'll be touching on that genre as well. But yeah, just people you know spread out in the entertainment game. Um, and uh, as far as the founders go, yeah, we. we I'm sort of the operating founder. There are a couple other sort of co-founders um, that you'll see uh, listed on. There's there's a, a website we have that you can see all that information, astralsonx.io. But, um, yeah, we have a pretty exciting group of, of, um, of co-founders. We have Mike Rebel. Mike Rebel is a an artist, a music artist. He uh, was was previously signed to Sony Records at a, at a very young age. And um, like many artists uh, have that have gone on to this journey, have have just found a lot of hiccups and bumps and, and, and bruises along the way. And but is a super talented person and, and 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 is bringing something really special to our to our label himself, which is not only you know him being there for for support to lean on, but also he's bringing a huge project out. I mean, it's an entire series, um, which. To this day, probably hasn't been done by anyone, which is funny because we've been sitting on it for two years. <laughs> uh, but he's bringing out a, a huge uh, animated music series, which sort of just is a hybrid between a TV show, which but with music and the, and then six different episodes, if you will, that are all cohesively sort of tied into his main character. And these these episodes are all fully animated um storyboarded fully storyboarded um and and then of course that's the visual layer of his project but then the audio layer of his project is is just as crazy if not crazier he's he's uh he's managed to uh to get some huge superstars in the music industry to collaborate with him and he actually um 
made made deals with all of them to, that that he's actually in full ownership of the songs. So, um, yeah, he's done an incredible job of getting to where he's gotten his project. We have been sitting on it for a, a, a long time, but there's you know there's reasons with market sentiment, it being probably our most high profile um, project that we represent. Uh, we have. Uh, so it's six animated videos that are all cohesively around, circled around his uh, kind of superhero character where he's he's uh, got this, this animated character that's sort of out there trying to protect the artists specifically in the industry from the corporate takeover, the corporate evil empire. And that's the theme of, of, of what he's doing. And it, it, he also touches on, uh, in his visual layers, he touches on... Um, community issues in his community so it's it's really interesting and so just to drop some names um with the audio layers he's got songs um with gucci main french montana t-pain CeeLo green nipsey hustle rest in peace um so that's a posthumous uh nipsey hustle unreleased song and also, I'm missing one, Nelly. And uh, he also has a Swiss beat song that we're, we're sitting on. But, um, but those all go together. They ha- each have an individual, fully storyboarded, animated video to go with them. And uh, it's really exciting and stuff. And so that's, that's, that's one of the co-founders. Um, another co-founder we have is Charles Rattray, who is a bona fide professional visual artist in Hollywood uh, working in the industry for over 20 years. He's literally been the, the, a storyboard artist on all of our favorite movies, um, including um, Star Wars. He's worked with some of the new sort of spinoffs from Star Wars, the, 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 uh, the full features. But I mean, I could go on and on forever. Um, He's done a lot of the Wakanda. He's a Marvel Studios regular storyboard artist. So he's a lot of his work for the last couple of years, about 75, 80% of all his work in the last couple of years has been with Marvel. So uh, a lot of stuff he can't talk about, but a lot of stuff, it's been so long now. It's been a, it's been a, a year and a half or two years almost since we've been endeavoring. So we get to the point where we can actually, uh, say some of the stuff he's done he was he did the woman king he's he's done some of the wakanda stuff and a lot of other things man so we're really he's going to drop a collection a visual pfp collection it uh, doesn't have a hard date on it Uh, it's sometime this year and it's it's called the mayhem mobsters and it's just i mean it's it's with it with that with this collection i kind of get excited talking about it because I'm just not sure that the NFT community is ready for it. I don't know if that comes off sounding weird or whatnot, but just because, and I'm there, and there's tons of other great, amazing, crazy good artists, but you know, they, we don't see them always pushed to the front. Um, we kind of are used to seeing like unlicensed, unregistered security derivative projects, just leading the way, leading the way or, or, you know, some other other type of art that just sort of um, isn't really on the same scale as uh, something like this. So there's always that um, there's always that uh, factoring in on when we we're going to release him too, just to 
just to make sure people, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, be around to, uh, to, to, to like something up like this, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's always touch and go. And some of these artists, these professional artists, they want to come into the NFT space so badly, but they look out there and they see some guy with, with like uh, a smiley face drawing or something, or, or like some, some gray rock and it sells for a million and they just get like, Whoa. And then they'll, they'll release a masterpiece and it, and it, it might, it might sell for like, you know, 0.00001 ETH or something. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just like, we got no problem sort of waiting for the vibes to sort of switch around. And I think that we're seeing that transformation in the visual PFP game. I mean, the PFP NFT is going undergoing reconstructive surgery, the whole culture of it, um, I believe. And then, um, mm. you know, with the music stuff, that's totally separate. We, we feel like it, that'll be one that that's going to be our main product is music but just to touch on just mm. to touch on the co-founders a little bit we do have yeah charles Rattray, um his art station profile where you can see all his work i believe is artstation.com forward slash slash charles Rattray. and um if you if you go there you'll you'll see like this this dude is like internationally recognized he's like makes it into these international publishing comic book like crazy like he's just a a concept artist and a storyboard artist and um you know really exciting to have him on board and then we have another guy who's on who's a founder who is my brother he kind of helps with some of the back end stuff some of the accounting stuff uh he's not he's the only person in the group that is not a creator himself so to speak um but then yeah mostly what we're doing is uh music um you know we're we're mostly doing music label and we really feel like blockchain and music kind of link together a, a little stronger than 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 a lot of the genres you know um because you know and i think our art our newest artist wilkes said this the other day he said this blockchain you know because he's new to the stuff but, you know, he said this blockchain mm-hmm. stuff just seems to solve all my problems. He's a, you know, this guy's a 20 something plus year professional artist. He has ne- never had any other job. He supports a family with it. But he said it just makes my life easier. Like every corner I turn, it's it's easier. So, um, what, well, yeah, what we're doing and what, he, what he's really referring to is the fact that he has total creative control over his product he has a major um, proportion of the revenue sharing. He takes, you know, eighty percent. So, whereas a record label and a tr- yeah, I I know. So, oh my god, I've been just mesmerized. If you if you can see me, I'm usually like I'm always hyped about like literally I'm gonna be the one talking about stuff. But it's insane how much you've shared in such a small time, and I want to make sure that. I personally don't have a ton of background on the music industry, and that's why I was so personally excited. And I know a lot of Leon family members that are um, – I, I see you, Ridu. I see you, Glenn. So good to see you guys. I know, Ridu, you're up here. Give me one quick second, and I'll get you up for any comments that you had. But before we do that, um, since you touched on so much stuff, uh, Jeremy, I I wanted to I wanted to – dig a little bit deeper on to what you just started sharing. So 
when you say that this blockchain NFT uh, Web3 thing has uh, made, like you're hearing from the artists that you're, uh, that you're signing. Uh, so before we even dive into that, I want to dive into why that has improved their lives and how does how you're doing things in Web3 with your music label under the Astral's entertainment label, how that's changing things from traditional. But first, I want to start off with what personally inspired uh, the creation of the Astros brand? Like where, where were things and how they transitioned to what it is today? If you could touch a little bit on that. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And sorry, I will, I do sometimes go off on tangents. So please yeah, interrupt me and ask specific questions and I'll, I'll probably get, probably get better um, at the answers there. But um, how I got started was essentially, as kind of like a, a slow step, step-by-step process starting in crypto in terms of how it merged with the music part and, and, and the idea to do, to do the music and the entertainment label. But, you know, it started with me spending a lot of time, a lot more time relatively in my days uh, in crypto. And then, of course, that advanced. Uh, once I kind of figured that out to a certain degree, then you started playing with NFTs a little bit. And just like a lot of people, I think that evolution from crypto to NFTs, and then, and then I thought, okay, well, let's let's see how I can, you know, create something that maybe I feel like is worthwhile here. And you know, as a personal experience myself, I, I was in a band. I mean, I've kind of had a little bit of a multi-career type of life up till now, but there was a section where I was doing music and I was in a band. And so I did go on at least the, uh, the first part of this journey with music and, you know, getting signed by a label and having label reps at your shows and and getting played on the radio and the ups and downs and getting robbed by venues, like in terms of like they're not paying you enough money and, you know, having you know just going through the whole experience myself as a musician to some degree sort of kind of got me thinking, OK, well, yeah, I am a visual artist, as, but but how can I really kind of how can I create something bigger than just, you know, visual art using the blockchain? And um, I said, hey, well, let's try to actually I think this is a good way to actually disrupt the music industry. It's like a literal valid option. Um, and as, it's not so speculative of an idea is what I was thinking. And um, it's kind of sort of played out to be that way so far so good in terms of these artists that we're signing to to go back is they're saying that their life just becomes much easier and and the way it does is they're able to connect directly to their to their fans they're able to corral them into you know groups and and be able to directly speak with them they're able to provide them with personal one-on-one utility in 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 um, with music, with what they do, um, with exclusive content, with uh, exclusive access to a live streaming show or an in real life gig, you can get free entry. Um, you know, a lot of these artists, get, um, they tour a lot. So, but all this stuff in, 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 let's say, um, music label 2.0 is, is really tough, um, because they just get all the money has to go all the, all to the label. And they get pennies on the dollar and the label gets the lion's share. So the biggest thing is financial. 
biggest thing is financial. Then you have the creative control aspect. And then you have that ability to get closer to your fans. You don't need anybody. You don't need a middleman anymore. And um, I, I want to say in these early days, it's, it's not going to be for every musician because you do have to, you do have to have a presence right now in web three in the space in general to really gain, gain traction. Uh, unless you were like, say a Snoop Dogg where, you know, you could just pop in and drop something. Right. But um, where we're at on the timeline, you, you do have to spend some time there. So if you do catch a personality of a musician who does have that in them to kind of be present daily in a sense, then uh, it's, it can be really good because these artists are figuring out that, you know, they don't have to stream 5 million streams per month to make, you know, to pay them just to barely pay the rent. If they could somehow shift those quote unquote streamers and only take away 10% of them or 5% of them or 1% of them, get them into a digital wallet and get them ready to purchase your stuff directly from you unreleased stuff you haven't put on the streaming sites then when you amass a hundred to a thousand fans that way you can have the the financial career you've always wanted with um with less hassle um so it really allows them to generate these super fans um and and they can do whatever they want there with the, with their people and they can do albums they can do singles they can do artwork variations they can include stems like on this drop we have coming up for example and cut me off if i'm rambling but an artist we have coming um is doing where he's doing a, as a portion of his supply some percentage of the supply will come with an additional song but that that song is just the piano the strings and his voice and then other song i'm sorry other nfts in the supply We'll have other little kind of goodies. So you can just do a bunch of unique stuff, man, and cut out all the friction makers. We don't take as a web as a web three label, we don't we don't take anything from their like if they book gigs, you know, they we don't take anything. We don't own their music. You know, we don't we don't we have basically a gentleman's handshake on paper that we're gonna do what we're gonna do. And there's, so there's no real anxiety about a contract every person could exit uh, exit the contract whenever so this i'm just pointing out the differences you know there's because there are there's a ton of differences between a traditional music label and what and what we're doing i, I don't want to speak for all the labels in web3 but what we're doing is we're trying to actually flip it upside down that's amazing i i love that a, a lot of things that you said resonate personally with me and my uh, my personal value system and our value system and Metal Young Society, really, uh, just complete transparency is what I'm hearing across the board. And I'm a huge fan of transparency. And, and on top of that, empowering the creator to get in touch directly with the community, that, that's, that's the biggest gift that I believe anyone can give a creator, right? So I love that your label's doing that and all the collections are their own thing. And uh, it feels like there's this, again, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like it feels like you have this mentoring uh, relationship with the artists that you get on on your label, right? So um, I guess what I wanted to ask you since you're talking about the NFT collections, like um, 
I noticed that you're majorly on the XRP ledger, if that's if that's correct, or are you on any other uh, blockchain as well? Um, we are officially. Um, we have not been on any other blockchain besides the XRPLs in terms of of minting a collection yet. We've minted um, several visual collections. We've minted probably four, four, four or five visual collections. And we've minted like five or five or so music collections and we've all done an XRPL right now, but we did make an announcement at some month ago or so that um, we will be expanding to um, at least for now um, we will. And with some, not all the artists, but with some of the projects, we will be expanding onto other blockchains like the Ethereum blockchain possibly um and possibly others as well so we did just make a determination that we weren't just going to be we we're going to be a little bit more agnostic in terms of that um there's mm-hmm. just no need to stay in a in a walled garden um so we want to we want to expand to that but but yeah it's there's the reason we did choose the xrp ledger was you know for its speed and its its ability to uh to really it's it's to really transact in a certain way. It's, we, we just like the way it's set up. We, we felt good about its, its potential uh, for growth. Um, but, but yeah, man, touching on what you were saying a, a second ago is, is one of the questions we get a lot, which is what do you do for the artists? If, if they take all the money um, and you take, you know, whatever 20% we said, uh, which is the standard now for our company, by the way. That's why I mentioned those numbers. But um, what do we do? Well, we we amass a network of industry professionals. Um, what, they're not they're not on our payroll, but they're network. They're network partners. Um, we use them when when needed. A lot of times, these artists they don't need much really. They just want guidance in Web three. So we just provide them with guidance on the steps of doing all this in terms of whether it be the promotion some some content creation um the minting process the json file pro- creation process dealing with the marketplaces um just you know helping people get get used to the environment but then it can that can it can range all the, our services can then also range if needed up to mixing and mastering we have several highly sought out people in the in, in in the industry too too in, in particular who that we have we can call on uh to do to do stuff like that we also we also um offer the artists the artwork so their visual layers if 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 they want us to help them with the art we do the art and the deal doesn't change between us if we do the art you know what i'm saying so it's kind of awesome. like yeah, it's kind of like an a la carte service, and some artists are going to take advantage of more than others because they're they're mm-hmm. less or more needed. Yeah. Well, uh, I see, Glenn. I appreciate you for your patience. Glad you hopped on, fam. I see your hand up. So, uh, go ahead. Hi, right, Ricky. How you going? You're doing great, fam. Good to hear from you. How you doing? Yeah, I'm actually uh, quite intrigued by the conversation you're having. Actually. Um... It sounds like you're facilitating an independent process so the um, artists can uh, get a bit of independence from the um, from the bigger music corporations that are sort of um, taking a lot of their profits and 
Um, yeah, I seem to recall a uh, story I was reading the other week where um, I think it was Taylor Swift. Um, she made like a dollar for each album sold. And uh, that was why they were uh, releasing remastered albums. So I think there's some sort of rule after 10 years um, or eight years that they can um, release a remastered album where they actually then make all the profits from that album. Uh, whereas um, you've got artists like Tom McDonald at the moment getting around and he, he's doing his own thing. He's completely independent from uh, any label. Uh, he runs his own label. He pretty much um, does his own printing. And you know, um, there's quite a, a few uh, videos about him on YouTube talking about it, about his, you know, uh, he's very adamant on staying independent. He doesn't want anything to do with the uh, major record labels because they just take too much money. So, yeah. Totally agree. And look at the overhead costs that a, that a up-and-coming or even an established artist, look at the overhead costs that they're diminishing. I mean, they don't, they don't have to pay somebody to arbiter their, their Spotify and their Apple and some manager to do the DS, DSP stuff for them. They don't need to print CDs. They don't need to print CD cases. Um, it's it's just kind of an evolution where everything is just easier for the artist. They just have to kind of open that door and 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 it's it's scary for them. But but once <laughs> once the critical mass is reached and like enough enough artists are have have kind of ventured in, it's it's very possible that that you could see um, a bigger increase, a sudden increase of more artists, and that will put a lot of pressure on, on the, the uh, legacy label system. Yeah, it'll make them have uh, to pivot time. a bit. Uh, look, one of the biggest problems, and we were talking about this in the uh, Mutant Sheba um, spaces earlier today, was that um, it, onboarding new users can be have some real teething issues. Um, and one of the problems that seems to be arising is that there's no one, no, there's no one to call. So if someone has a problem, um, you know, even logging into their wallet, like getting into their wallet because they've just never used a crypto wallet before, there's no one that they can call or to um, go, hey, you know, how do I do this? You know what I mean? Like I've been very lucky with the groups that I've been associated with and people like Ricky is that I can sort of talk to them and, say, and, and quickly call them on chat and say, hey, how do I do this? Or I'm having problems here. But not everyone's got access to people like Ricky and, uh, you know, people from Inventors and, and, and that, you know, we don't have that access. So, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. That's the number one blockade is, is first the digital wallet creation. Uh, but then if you're, even before that, even just, Oh, you know, what am I doing here? You know, you have to get the big picture too. Um, and so a lot of us may have just jumped in and kind of embedded ourselves into YouTube or uh, Twitter and just didn't stop until we had it all worked out. Um, but a lot of people you have to understand, or we have to understand they're, they're just not going to do that. Um, they just don't have that, that time. Um, to do it for for whatever reason so we do you're 100 right we have to make it available by credit card for these people and then eventually 
shift into, you know, they can shift over time into self-custody. And But I think there's certain solutions in the meantime before all of those solutions really hit. There's a big educational gap, and that's why it's great to see um, Recky doing a lot of stuff in the education space. I know phys- Physical Digital literally posted his phone number. <laughs> so you said earlier, there's no one to call. I was thinking, well, Physical Digital posted his damn he doxed his own phone number on the internet. Well, the phone, the guy's like the company's doxed, his address is doxed. Like the guy's like a legend. So yeah, we we need people uh, like physical digital and and yeah, like another thing. I think um, before I forget the question, because I, I I was really curious about this, and I I know since you put your collection on the XRPL, uh, which is the XRP ledger. Um, and I believe the company is based out of the U.S., right? Uh, which company? Our company? Uh, Astros, yeah. Yes, yes. We're based okay. in the U.S. So was this, did, you fa- did you create, uh, was your first collection or the company creation, uh, was that before the lawsuit that the S- SEC brought against Ripple or was that after? Okay, um, so I'm glad Josh is here and he can help me if I screw this timeline up. But I would say that he, jo- Josh's project, Physical Digital, and all of his, his collections and and I, we kind of came around the same time. And we started building our NFT projects at least a year before the XRPL was activated for NFT functionality. So, wow. Yes. So that kind of might partially answer. But before the lawsuit, I do know I was not started on my project before the lawsuit was announced. I don't think I think it may have been like the same month, even though it's I I'm getting like um, because I think my Twitter account for Astros is like, I think it's December 21. But in the law, yeah, I think that's like around around the time where they dropped the suit. And the reason I asked you this is, uh, again, props to you and physical digital. Like, I know I uh, think it was the Songbird Network where the first collection was. And it's another fun little side story that I'll uh, tell you offline sometime. But I did mint the first collection. And I was, again, around that time I was in India uh, traveling and visiting monasteries in the mountains with my dad just bonding time and yeah minted my first songbird collection that was his project so the reason i wanted to bring up the lawsuit is uh i do another as part of my educational journey for the web3 space that glenn touched on a little bit my motivation and inspiration is exactly the point that glenn brought up earlier is a lot of people don't know the real deal about this industry like people read the headlines people follow the big YouTubers that are all about the sensational news. It's all about the prices, what to buy, what to sell. I never bring up, if you listen to any of my weekly rounds, roundups, um, which are all about sharing what Medellin society is up to and our, our business wing, which is TCFX, the actual product, the, the revenue generation behind the, uh, behind the NFT, the, the core idea is to educate people on what we're doing in the project to bring more transparency and second to update people on what's happening in the industry stuff that you would not hear in mainstream media even on crypto twitter it's hard to find stuff like that so i do all that research to put in the work every week and 
with that, I have educated the community on the lawsuit that SEC brought and how bogus the whole thing was and how it's it's just stupid what they did. But again, they might have had their motivation. I don't want to go into that. But I wanted to give you guys the kudos for not backing down. It's not easy. It's so easy to say, oh, uh, company that uses the ledger is getting sued. So why should I want to associate myself with it? It brings negative press, but you guys stuck to it. And I think uh, I have an answer for you as to why, Um, or at least from my, from my perspective, it's, it's basically, we, I think before we, yeah, before we just decided that we had already just done a lot of research on XRP and the XRPL, before we even probably even had the thought to do a project. And so we were just in love with the XRPL and XRP as a, as a digital asset. We were in love with it before we had ideas. And then when it came to the lawsuit, we were already in love. So, and and also from my particular view, when the lawsuit dropped just in the, in the energy I was in at that period. And it to me instantly felt like it was, it just felt like it was full. It was bullshit. Um, basically either scripted or, um, people horsing around. It just didn't, it just didn't scan at all with me. So I actually not to toot my own horn, but I actually went a lot bigger in exposure wise that like the very day, um, or the day after or whatever, um, when the lawsuit was dropped, I actually increased my exposure to the asset itself. So, um, but yeah, we were in love with the XRPL and XRP before the lawsuit. So when the lawsuit hit and, um, like I said, I had that gut feeling, I just, yeah, there was no taking us, taking us away from it. That's amazing, man. That that's called, I guess uh, that is called vision and doing your, it's actually doing your own research that that people keep like all the influencers keep saying DYOR, but what it really looks like it's what you guys did is doing realizing that external noise, which the lawsuit was, you invested in the protocol, you invested in what you needed uh, for your collection, and which I believe you probably did like a research thing on like comparison between other blockchains and finally settled on XRPL, right? Or yeah, was that the first it wasn't, voice? It wasn't quite. It wasn't quite quite like that with with me personally. I, I I sort of got tunnel vision on XRPL. I did understand that ETH was, and I also and I also understood Solana NFTs as well. And I'll tell you what I didn't like. I didn't like on the ETH chain. It's kind of overwhelming. Okay, to be doing a startup on eth it just to be completely honest it felt a little overwhelming in terms of the sea of social interaction and how to get noticed in that realm it all all i saw was dollars and bills that that was going to take uh whereas we were kind of on the xrpl we knew it was brand new so we could be the first layer of participants and we could build without any intimidation or any pressures like that so um of course, you know, over time, influencers and people who hit you up in the DMs wanting to wanting wanting you to pay them to, to tweet for you um, is it, still going to happen. But um, I just felt like with 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 being overwhelmed a little 
I remember from, from launching the idea there um, on Ethereum, but then also the gas fees were a big turnoff. Mm-hmm. And then for somebody who, I guess, maybe not big, was not big into Ethereum, I, I, I've, I've pretty much come to the understanding that people who have loads of Ethereum don't have much of a problem with gas fees. But, you know, for newer entrants um, to that to that blockchain, it's kind of crazy. If you could you could pay a hundred a hundred bucks for a hundred dollar NFT. That's wild to a lot of people who are going to be coming into this space. Trust me. Um, so the transaction fees were were a, an issue there. So the Solana the Solana stuff, and I'm I'm only giving the negatives right because there's tons of positives on 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 all these blockchains, including you know being dominant in volume like by a large margin. But the Solana blockchain also kind of, you know, maybe I had some thought about, but didn't really want to launch there. There's a lot of a lot of kind of astroturf cycles of projects where you could get lucky with like one out of 20. But like the other 19 were just following this playbook of astroturf community, botted discords, botted Twitter accounts like and then rugs. A lot of rugs, but I mean, yeah. So it was kind of it felt like a rat race there. It, it didn't feel, and so I just we just we just went with the idea of building on a brand new, never been used before blockchain. That's awesome, man. That's called trailblazers, and and you're absolutely right, Glenn. I'll get you to in a second here, right after I complete my thought. Uh, so basically, what what happened with a lot of so I, I share this idea with everybody, even though Ethereum is the dominant uh, chain and comes to NFT and communities in Web3. And I get it like it's it's been around for a while. People have built on it. There's layer twos coming out on Ethereum. They're trying to fix the gas issue and everything. But the thing is, you made a really, really good point for people that are starting out. There's two major problems. If you're not established in the Ethereum ecosystem and you're completely new. It's a financial liability because you don't know how much the gas is going to be around the time your collection, let's say you set a date and then that day some another big thing happens and everybody's using the same blockchain, right? So that's one challenge of decentralization the way Ethereum does it, right? It's the gas fees are going to go up and now your $50 collection is costing you $150 to mint and not everybody's got that kind of cash. And second, there's so many people, it's just difficult to find your voice unless you know the right people just like the thing you're trying to do with artists signing up to your label uh, getting that exposure if you don't have those people that you know in web3 that have those connections it's just easy for you to get lost and feel like maybe you are the problem maybe you don't have a good project but sometimes it's not even like you shared earlier at the start i've seen absolutely stupid projects meant for insane valuations and i know why that happened it's just a bunch of big holders of certain asset that pump it up or down depending on how they want the market to perceive the collection to be and it could be just a pet rock and it could be worth millions of dollars and like you said good quality art would not even go for 0.001 eth so uh yeah definitely agree and appreciate you guys being the trailblazers on something uh like like you said the the nft technology wasn't even an upgrade available on the ledger when you started developing so that that must have taken 
a lot of courage. So uh, definitely appreciate you guys doing that. I want to go back to Glenn. I know he's had his hand up for a little bit. So uh, Glenn, go ahead, fam. Yeah, so just circling back to the um, this, you know, the conversation about the influencers uh, inboxing people and uh, offering them uh, offering to take money from people to push their projects. Um, man, I hate that concept. Honestly, I, I hate it with a passion. Um, it it um, seems to run opposite to the um, environment that we're trying to facilitate in the NFT space, and that is transparency. Um, how can you be pushing something that you don't even really, um, you know, you don't even really understand? Um, <clears throat> and just to, just to get a dollar. Like, um, yeah, a lot of these influencers, they benefited from the fact that they were early. Uh, they jumped on the board apes or the crypto punks, um, you know, when, when, before anyone really knew what was going on and, uh, and they've already, they've already probably made pretty good, um, income just from being holders at one time or another, um, you know, from selling a few here and there or, um, and now they're, they're trying to monetize, the fact that they were early, uh, and they're selling themselves off as, um, you know, as as people, yeah, half of them probably don't even understand the techno uh, techno side of um, crypto. Yeah, so man, I, I, sorry, yeah. I've had people come into my DM and and ask and and uh, ask for like thousands and thousands of US dollars for like a couple of tweets and that's just and then once i had i won't name any names but i went to the i was in some ethereum music spaces doing some doing some outreach to be honest and uh, the host of the space was very inviting was on the public and 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 um, I, you know i dm'd them and said hey man i'd love to pick your brain for for a half hour um, or really the time i just said i'd love to pick your brain for a few minutes he comes back with a $500 price tag to talk to him for 30 minutes on the phone. That's just, that's when, and, and look, that's, that's about to be over. I do believe that this, the time of the time of this type of grift is, is, is coming to an end. Back in the I mean, day, because, they were called snake oil salesmen. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? But with, with a smile on his face, like, you know, and, and like, you know, and he keeps running these spaces that are very popular. And, and it's like behind the curtain, oh, that'll be $500 for a 30-minute phone call. And, and by the way, like, this, this guy was just, I didn't, I didn't put him that high in terms of knowledge. Like, I was just trying to get an idea of the Ethereum culture with music NFTs. and I was just trying to shoot the shit. <laughs> This guy wants to charge me 500 bucks. So it's just kind of an indicator that that some kind of top is in for these for these influencers. The top is in for influencers. I mean, now I get messages daily and I click. I just delete them when they come in. The other day I, I responded to one and said no. And 99 out of 100 times um, they just go away. And this person said, um, may I ask why not? <laughs> Like, may you ask why not? And I and I just flat out said, yeah, this is why. 
why would we pay you to tweet about something you don't know anything about to your followers, not who not one of them has an XRPL digital wallet? <laughs> I mean, it's to me, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I want to jump in real quick. I definitely agree on everything that you both just said. I uh, We have come a long way with Metal Leon Society. Uh, we're coming pretty close. Next week, we're celebrating our one-year anniversary. And it's it's insane when we tell people that we, we started minting last year uh, right after the market just dumped uh, – after like the $4,000 ETH or something, it dumped to like, I don't know, got to like 800 or something. Uh, we minted in the bear market. We were like one of the only few surviving projects that decided that, you know what? We don't need ETH evaluations to be insane. We don't need a huge treasury. We know how much what we're trying to deliver is going to cost. We know our roadmap. We know our community. We don't need no hype our discord is pretty tight if if and we invite people and we say that you don't need to hold one of our nfts to be part of our community if you are a person that believes in building something long term believes in doing your own research and believes in quality over hype we are your people you are a leon like that's a lifestyle so uh when you say things like not paying influencers not just saying no to that. It's it's what we stand for. It's what Web3 is supposed to be. Everything you're doing with your project, everything we're trying to do is, is cut out the middleman. And the reason to cut out the middleman, it's not, it's not necessary in every situation, but it is necessary in most situations is what I've seen on how the world works. Uh, the big reasons the big banks hate Ripple as a company and the reason most like influential people hate uh, getting disrupted is because the money that you're charging for friction in any form is getting taken away. So why, why would you not want the end users to have the bigger cut, right? If you're a good human being, but then at the end of the day, everybody's running a business that dude charging you $500 for a 30 minute conversations, running a business. It's just, everybody's trying to just make, something and it at the end of the day it comes to ethics and being real with yourself and the people that believe in you and i think that's something that we have done and built over time and it's shown like our community members have been stronger than ever we've been through multiple uh, difficult situations in the project financially and we've been completely transparent with the community about it and one thing that hasn't changed is our commitment to being transparent and it's it's funny that our marketing material that our uh, digital creation team built was around the fact that how we're allocating the mint. So we're minting in phases. Our our main uh, Genesis collection. It's a collection of five thousand. Uh, I'll stop after <laughs> sharing this because I I think for our our listeners that uh, do not know much about our project, it's. It's necessary to share that we need good examples like Astral's out there, physical, digital. This guy is one of the most humble people I know. He gives back literally everything. This guy doesn't keep anything. And talk about utility. 
like on the XRP ledger, especially like when people are just trying to create like PFP out there, this guy comes out like, all right, everybody's going to get a rebate on everything you put in. So it's just insane. So us being at that point where we told the community that, listen, this is what we're doing. This is how much we have in the treasury. This is how much it's going to cost to build what we're building after multiple negotiations. And that's one thing, again, I want to make a standard in Web3 is like nobody's like people starting out that didn't get into big projects like ETH starting out, right? Like they didn't, they're not the people that have the big bags of like XRP or ETH or any, any thing, right? They're just coming out. Let's say a person trying to create a project and starting out from the start, they need funds. Like the, every dollar goes a long way. So we need to normalize and I, using the word normalize out of willy-nilly, but in this situation, we need to make it okay for people to negotiate in Web3. I think that's something that people don't do. And I've heard from people um, in my personal network where they have had to shill out hundreds and thousands of marketing budget in dollars just to um, get themselves out there. And, and we have never been okay with that because if you treat your community like their money's yours, that's the wrong mindset. Like that money belongs to your community. You're just a gatekeeper for that money. And that's the kind of mindset that takes you uh, long-term. We've always since day one told our community, like, listen, we're going to be a five to 10 year project. If you don't see yourself for that time horizon, we're probably not the project for you because there's plenty of projects built on hype cycles their their floors are going to be bigger than ours their volumes are going to be bigger than ours but at the end of the day we can promise you one thing our utility and the value that we build the business we're building behind this is going to be bigger than anyone else and that's something that we have delivered on on a week to week to week basis but yeah don't want to go into too much of a tangent but just want to touch on that value system and and building the ethics and foundation of web3 and all of you combined, like including you guys as astrals, like every project and leader, and that's why I do these spotlights. It's essential to build what Web3 is supposed to be because fake influencers and people that just want to just do money grabs with PFP projects that rug on the second day, they're going to be there. But if we are louder than them, then we define the value system of what we call Web3 and what it's going to be. Uh, Glenn, I see your hand up. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, just um, you know, circling back a little bit to the uh, Mint for Medallion, um, yeah, people need to be aware too that um, it was right in the sort of height of the zero Mint craze that was going on at the time. So, um, yeah, a lot of people were um, jumping on the zero mint. So it was um, a really hard time to be um, to be doing a mint. Um, and, yeah, and it was. It was right when all the blockchains, um, yeah, the price uh, of crypto were just crashing at the time. And, um, yeah, groups like Metaleon and Gothies, uh, Fat Cats, they were all still minting. They, they knew what was going on, but they still minted. And, um, yeah, and they're still there. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's a testament to the, um, 
the staying power of the projects and and the uh, the foundations are built on they're built on strong foundations and good community. Appreciate that, Glenn. I I always valued your inputs, and it's important to see the impact that your journeys have, right? Like I, I want to go back to you, Jeremy, on this. Like you've probably had interactions in the XRP community. Like I know I'm part of both. Um, been a huge believer in the value system. Uh, well, not the the value proposition that the XRP ledger brings to the the underdog. And I've always been a a um, I myself identify as an underdog. I I always love a good underdog story. And I think people building on XRP Ledger before it was this big news story thing that defeated the SEC, like it must have been a great um, feeling to know that you're you're fighting a good fight. And uh, how how was the morale in the community and how has the journey for the Astros community been uh, so far, starting from when you guys uh, officially launched the project and the first collection and where you guys are today? Oh, that's a good question because it kind of, um, it fits because we did, you know, physical and our project Astros. Uh, we did, and a lot of other projects, by the way, um, a lot of them, and they they started building, uh, started building communities, building, creating artwork, and um, finishing collections even way before um, the ledger was available for NFTs. And I would say, in terms of morale, I mean, I can only speak from personal, but it was you know is what you'd expect maybe you know a, a lot of ups, and then there's down periods where where you're where people are starting to maybe doubt. I mean, look, it's you're I'm trying to keep some artists that maybe we've 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 uh, planned to bring out. I'm trying to keep them, you know, updated on on the happenings of what's going on with the court case and or that not even the court case, but the um, the amendment process to get NFTs live. So there's there's definitely a I, I would say mostly excitement, fun building doing something new something we'd all never done before but then there's also periods where yeah yeah you have to deal with the lumps and and um, get, deal with tough phone calls and reassure people that you know on, on a timeline for example like no one knew when I mean, you know because when a new amendment basically when they upgrade the software on the xrp ledger through all the validators it's it's a it's a decentralized process and ripple just has like one or one or two votes or, or one vote i mean it's it's totally up to the validators um and i think physical can talk more about this but so that process you know first has to go through where they have to write the software the the code that that would um allow the xrp ledger to function with nfts and transact and operate so there's there's a long process so to answer your question about morale it definitely was up and down and it took some work, but I would say mostly it was, it was pretty good. Physical, you got something? Yeah, but um, just wanted to thank everybody that's in the audience. Thank you for being here. And the, 
you know, there's there's something that I'm I'm really happy to to have been a part of, and you know, I've always been a connector. I'm a very social person. I like people, and uh, I, I believe that uh, you know you can find your tribe no matter where you are, even uh, if you're uh, even even if you're online. And you know, I was able to make a connection, and I think it worked out pretty well. Um, Astrals, do you want to do you want to tell a little bit about some of the new uh, artists that you got? Some of the new artists that that we got, yeah, because you oh, yeah. you've had what four or five lately, uh, that, like within a recent uh, time period here. We have, um, yeah, we've recently signed signed a, a good handful of artists. Um, that's 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 correct. We are up to eight total artists, musicians. That is, so we have eight music artists on the label. We've just recently signed, and I just pinned it at the top a guy by the name of Wilkes who, who is, um, I mean, he's awesome. I mean, I mean, he's a, he's a true professional. Uh, he's the guy that I, I referenced earlier. Um, he's, he's loving the web three music thing because it's just, it's just, it's, it's like almost like he's in a dream, literally like this can't be real life for him to, to be able to do what, what he's doing. And, and we agree, but he is exciting. He got, very far in the voice USA competition. I always kind of high start by highlighting him, him with that. I don't know if he would have liked that or not, but, um, but I think it's a good accomplishment when you can impress and gain traction at that commercial level uh, in front of millions of people, getting feedback from industry professionals and in front of millions of people, getting the type of praise that he got, just kind of a good starting point, but he's just a normal guy, man. And he is an amazing singer-songwriter. He has kind of been labeled generally in the country genre, but he's kind of more like singer-songwriter country and, you know, slash lowercase P-O-P, pop. I mean, who knows? Like, he's just going to not worry about the genre so much, but he's a singer-songwriter, and uh, he is amazing. So this song that he's releasing is called us to me i pinned it at the top you can get a little sneak peek of it kind of seems like a real sleepy song but it it's a four minute song so it it's really it really has got some some changes in there but it's super super good um it's unreleased Uh, it's going to be released first on the blockchain and nowhere else and then he will eventually, because he has like 175,000 Facebook followers and he has this many streams on all these platforms, he's, he's quite successful. Um, of course, he got a lot of exposure uh, being on a global television show, but, uh, you know, he's, he's done well with it. He does lots of live gigs. And then what's really cool is when you get into a community like his, so like getting into his NFT community, um, buying his Genesis this us to me track, you're going to get access to like privately gated in real life live streams. So he'll literally, he'll literally, he'll literally set the audio up for his holders to be able to listen in to his in real life performances where you'll literally be able to hear the crowds. You'll be hearing him in between songs, talking to the audience, um, get a crazy experience that way. And then also tons of other stuff too. Like, like intimate experiences and private concerts and 
there's so much we can do. We have access to the, to the metaverse. We, we can put on live concerts in the metaverse seamlessly and offer it to everyone on any blockchain uh, to come. And it's uh, on the spatial platform we're, we're using right now, which is so accessible. You can accept, you can access these metaverse concerts from, from your phone. Um, it works a little better on the, on the laptop, but uh, just so accessible. So there's so much things we can do with utility with music because, you know, it's not like art where, okay, you, you could do a lot of these similar things with the visual stuff. Like, but it's, you know, it's a little different, like, you know, it's tougher to provide the same level of utility because an artist can just play a song for an hour or play a concert for an hour or play a couple songs to, to add value some way and somehow. And, and it's, it's, um, it's just so seamless for him, for the musicians in general to be able to integrate on the blockchain, I feel. But um, having said that, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of them. And then the other artist who is coming out actually this Tuesday is is the second pin tweet up at the top? That's uh, Moon Man T. He is a kind of rapper R and B hybrid at times. He's dropping an entire album single by single. Um, so he's already recorded, mixed, and mastered an an entire album, and he's going to drop them as singles one by one on the XRPL. And there's lots of cool utilities that go along with what he's doing. And, and uh, super excited for him, too. This guy is really good with video production. This guy's making really high-quality video. His music is really good. Um, and he's talking about, yeah, we liked his content and what he's, what he's his message behind his songs. So, um, yeah, he's a new addition as well. So we're excited to bring him out on Tuesday, uh, his first um, music NFT I think he had some experience prior. He's been in the game here with the crypto stuff and the Ethereum stuff. He's He's been in the game for a little bit, but this is his first XRPL venture, and we're super excited to have him as well. So, And then we recently, before that, we dropped um, this artist called Saint Canaire. And you can find all of these collections on XRP Cafe. It's one of the main marketplaces for the XRP Ledger. It's a good one. Really love the aesthetic the color palettes, the functionality is simple. Um, anyways, you can find all these there. But Saint Canaire um, is a really special artist. She's a female singer songwriter. She's got a seriously voice from like just a timeless voice. She can she can really um, do so much. She's a very independent worker. She can produce songs on her own. She has her little lab. Uh, she's perfect for Web3. She's very fresh into Web3. And uh, a funny story to kind of break up this serious uh, uh, stretch of, of talk. But she actually, unfortunately, had some toxic people in the XRPL community kind of give her a, give her a hard, strange time where she's just like totally unassuming, totally humble. Um, she came on spaces. She, she's an absolute, like one of these people that you would just total, like angel type personality, not, not, could not do anything wrong or say anything wrong even. And then some people that were actually around and giving her all these flowers when she was doing her pre, her pre uh, launch spaces and performances and getting everybody 
people were literally just goo-goo and gagaing over her, right? Just a funny story because when she dropped her collection days later, we had we had lots of people that were giving her all those flowers just literally turn a leaf instantly and flip on her. And when I finally it got to the point in the timeline, like on the Twitter timeline, where I I, I didn't even want to address it with Saint Canary because she's not even that active on Twitter. But I literally had to address it with her at some point because it was getting crazy. Like, why are they so why are these people so mad that you dropped your song? It's just we it was totally strange. And she was like, she told me, I'm not sure if I want to do this Web3 thing. Any, like if this is if this is how it is. And it's so weird. It's so weird, you know, because. I had to I had to then like literally talk her out of quitting web3 music in that moment because some some people were giving off like jealous hater vibes after they like the day before were giving off like 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 I'm happy to even know you vibes can we do stuff together vibes you know like endless flower vibes and then the days later she saw these same people turning on her and it really turned her off but i didn't mean to rant there but just to throw a another little web three story gem that just occurred with that artist and uh but she'll likely be back soon and everything's cool and she's super exciting man she can sing like really really good she plays multiple instruments um very talented singer songwriter that's awesome man i'm so glad that you talked to her and it's it's an I want to go back to what Glenn was mentioning like a, a while ago. It's so many people don't have the right person to reach out to when they when they're new to web three. Like she would have definitely not come back if like it wasn't for you. And there's always one good person for I always believe like the ratio of good to bad people is always like weird. Like a one you'll have like one good person that can like handle like ten bad people. It's not like people inherently bad, like everybody's got their own life journeys. But to me, it's like you got to always try to uplift others. Like it's a personal value system of mine. I do not associate myself with people or things or projects where I don't feel that's the vibe. And it's our just a core value system. It's more about when you're new into something, especially like something like the XRP uh, Web3 uh, NFT communities it's still finding its uh, its place. Like Ethereum's pretty mature. People know what to expect. There's always going to be disruptors. Like we identify as disruptors because we don't subscribe to the mainstream NFT uh, convention or mindset of like, if you don't have a million dollars, don't expect to launch a project. Like, no, that's not how it works. If in Eventually, if you have the right people with you at the right time, and they stick with you, you can build something magical. So um, definitely grateful that you did that for her and love that all these uh, all these incredible artists that you're signing and bringing on to Web3, uh, we're getting exposure. Like imagine so many people that don't get access to these incredible artists just because they just never make it through that that label era and then that that streaming era of like, they don't make enough through that. And uh, 
as it is, it's hard to even get signed if you're trying to put something. Again, I'm no expert in music or anything. That's why I love you shared so much information. I've, I've personally learned so much, and I, I bet um, our audience has as well. I just, I just feel like if you right now, it feels like most mainstream music just sounds the same, and it's probably for a reason because they have probably mastered the art of knowing what sells and less it's not anywhere about knowing like giving a chance to something that's different um because at the end of the day it's it's a business right you want to sell you want to sell like i mean no more cds but you want to sell streams or whatever right so um glenn i see your hand up go ahead yeah, look, make no mistake, um, there's some villains emerging in the space. And um, hopefully, um, am I, uh, can everyone hear me clear? Yep, loud and clear. No worries. Uh, just know my AirPods are uh, dying. Um, look, there are some villains emerging in the space, probably already been here for a while now. Um, and they aren't, um, yeah, they're just bad actors. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, some of them have done quite well in the crypto space, so they've um, been able to develop a bit of influence. Um, but you can only hold on to that type of power for so long before uh, it becomes, um, before people catch wind of what you're about. And that's that transparency. Yeah, it's a lack of transparency. All right, you can only shield yourself with wealth and uh, and 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 easily gain influence, I guess, um, for so long. Um, but it's the people that are going to be here in the next five years that are going to be the real influences. Of... So, yeah, that's um, my take on it. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing your, your thoughts there, Glenn. I, I know there's always going to be bad actors. Every industry, like, I know the regulators try to stop blockchain like i've been following the conversation around crypto and uh just blockchain tech in general in the halls of uh the white house and just all the senators and all, all the politicians in the u.s like the conversation is always about the bad actors one thing they they just don't seem to realize is the internet has been around for about what 20 i think you're getting rubbed there ricky oh um uh, still getting rugged, or can you guys hear I can, me? I can, I can hear you, Ricky. Oh, okay, perfect. Uh, so, um, one thing that I've noticed is people don't realize that the internet has been here for a while. I would say the internet as a infrastructure, public utility, has reached its maturity. The next best thing, I guess, that can happen to the internet if we figure out a, uh, if the whole satellite thing that Tesla is doing with Starlink is to provide internet in areas where uh, optical fibers can't reach or like just areas where there's no internet, that's the best. I mean, that'll be the peak. But then you still have these online scammers doing simple scams even today. And we have all the regulations that we can think of under the sun on the internet. So when you think about new technology and they want to overregulate something like this, I just shake my head and say, just, just look at the world we live in. 
scammers are always going to be around. It's just you can only educate and help people realize how to protect themselves. You just can't you can't give them too much of your energy. There's always going to be bad actors, but there's always going to be incredible actors. That's why I do these spaces. I highlight the right people. I don't care how many people you have. still here? Oh, yeah, we are. Uh, I guess you, you, you rug, Glenn. I, I'm not sure you can hear us. Glenn, if you can hear me, um, you probably just rugged. If you come down off the speaker and go to listener and then come right back up, it'll be fixed. See, professional Twitter, Twitter spaces, uh, troubleshooting. I know that's helped me in the past. Um, yeah, cool. Um, so where was I? Uh, I just don't like to give too much of my energy to the bad actors because they don't deserve it. They're not here for the long term. They're not here for the vision. Uh, I believe in builders and that's why, um, I love everything that you've, uh, you've shared her, um, Jeremy, I, before, um, I know we're sitting at the one hour, 30 minutes. The time has just flown by. Oh my God. I still have another thing to touch base on, but, uh, but first I see uh, physical digital. You got your hand up, Josh, go ahead. Yeah. I just wanted to thank you for arranging this and, and making time for Jeremy to come speak. And the, uh, the, you know, people always talk about like that. I think maybe it's, it's a humanity thing that and we, we will run away from, or look for the, the negative things before we'll go to something positive. And, you know, unfortunately, if you don't give some energy to the things that you like, they end up, they'll end up disappearing. And then the only thing left is the crap and the big corporations. And so there, you know, there are people doing great things in this space, but we got to give them some energy too. And, you know, so uh, it's, I think it is important to highlight um, th those people that are doing the things that, that you want more of in the, in this space. I love that. I love that mindset. Thanks for sharing that, Josh. Uh, Want to go right back to you, Jeremy? As we we close things out, I uh, I wanted to ask you about the the future. Uh, how do you envision Astros growing, and where do you think what what excites you the most about the future of your project and the space in general? Ooh, good one. And uh, whoever whoever whipped up. Um the I love you track or promo that, or the tweet, whoever pinned that. Thanks so much. Um, that's a, that was song. mean, buddy. I got you. Yeah, man. That was actually the bonus song that, that went to all the holders of the mentors of the main song. And uh, anyways, I don't want to get sidetracked. The question was how we get excited about the future. My goodness. Well, for one, both of our, two of our sort of, co-founders their projects haven't even came out yet and they're probably the biggest <laughs> biggest uh, deals of everything uh, in terms of content quality of course that doesn't mean anything in web3 yet um they could get just as much hits for a, 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 a maybe a 5,000 pfp project from from like a like a world-renowned artist who's doing stuff for marvel it could get 10 likes you know but that's exciting to me i don't care i'm not really here to please all the time we're running a company but what i care about is to be able to to do and accomplish things like bringing out charles rattery 
Because what that's going to lead to is if Charles Rattray, and please, this is important. If Charles Rattray, the Marvel Studios artist, if, if his collection goes off good and he just makes a decent amount of money and everything's good and, and fine, that's going to cause a cascade of these type of level artists that he's in collaboration with, like his peers, basically. Like, you have to understand, he works in Hollywood for 20 plus years, so he's friends and close to all these um, credentialed artists in the, in the industry, whether they're doing, and, and not just what he does, like all the different types of various forms of, of art. So that, that's kind of a Pandora's box of excitement uh, to, to, to know that we're sitting at the precipice of unlocking a ton of next level artists and onboarding them into the label and to the NFT space in general. Um, also, yeah, to touch on the excitement, you know, we have the Mike Rebel series, the, the six music videos that are fully storyboarded and animated. I mean, come like there's, I think there's, we counted one day there's between all the artists who are involved in the Mike Rebel series, there are 10 Grammy award winners in there. Um, not winners, 10 Grammy awards total, but among them all and, and over billions of streams combined. So it's exciting to know that we're going to drop that kind of funk on, on the ledger, man. And it's all coming with some crazy video layer. Um, we're just excited about that as well. But in general, like, you know, XRPL builders and, and folks like Physical and I and, you know, we're, we're kind of just having that first breath of air where we got the clarity for, for, the, for the asset XRP. So um, super excited about the future for XRPL, XRP, um, all the creators inside of it to see what happens. But yeah, I mean, when it, in terms of for our label, we're just really super happy to and excited for the future because we're going to be bringing curated music, filmmaker, um, visual artists, um, and who knows what else, um, other types of genre of entertainment. We're going to be cur curating it and bringing it out to the public in a new way, ways that they couldn't, these artists couldn't do before. And I mean, we're not trying to take over the global world and be the next Sony Entertainment. We're definitely not trying to do that. If Sony Entertainment is listening and they want to buy us out, sure, go ahead, you know, for 100 mil. But, but like, no, in all seriousness, we're not trying to do that. We're just trying to lead by example, show others. We're trying to make the larger system pivot, I think was a word used earlier, where we can make a shift. I mean, even if all this comes to the big companies saying, all right, look, you got us by the balls here a little. Um, we're going to give in and we're going to give our artists better deals now. And then we're also going to jump into the, to the web three game. So that's a win. That's a win because we're, we're not just trying to disrupt our wallets. We're trying to disrupt an industry and it's not like we're trying to do it all on our own. It's, it's, we're just trying to do our part and show artists little by little, if it's one by one, 
little by little, show them that there's a new way to operate and it makes your life way easier. We're excited about that. I could not have ended it any way better than what you just said. I'm gonna remember this. We're not to hear we're not here to disrupt our wallets. We're here to disrupt the industry. I think that's the best way to put it, and that's that's exactly what the industry needs. So um appreciate you again, um, Jeremy. I I loved I personally, I mean, I'm gonna probably go back and have to listen to all the conversation again. It takes me a while to like literally dig into um everything and just break everything apart i'm just a nerd for that stuff so appreciate everything that you shared today i am excited personally for everything that you have going on um and have coming up in the future as well and josh is always from physical digital uh appreciate you have uh appreciate having you up here fam you've you've brought incredible insights and incredible value to the web three scene and you continue to do that um, by being an incredible individual and a community leader and uh glad everybody else that could join all the audience member want to thank wesker uh crypto lover uh walshi i know redo was here i know um <clears throat> glenn was here as well and james was here for a bit that was really cool um, so I, I, I'm glad this could reach out to both Ethereum and XRP communities, because I think it's time for us to all come together. Tribalism is not going to lead us anywhere. I keep saying that I am never, I'm a maximalist on web three. I don't give a rat's ass about if you're an Ethereum person, XRP, Solana, whatever it's technology. You cannot associate yourself with technology. You need to associate yourself with values technology is just a vehicle that you can get on it could get you to where you need to be so it's there's there's really no point in being tribalistic about anything but yeah man what a great space and i want to thank you uh for putting it on for us and um and spotlighting projects who are transparent open and just real you know just everyday people telling you what they're doing and doesn't have to fluff anything or throw on some marketing lingo um, love it and um, look forward to um, to spending more time with you in the space. Absolutely, fam. I'm excited to uh, talk offline a little bit more uh, just as a uh, as a surprise bonus at the end of everything. I am excited to, well, not really officially announced yet, but uh, one of the things that uh, Jeremy just touched on was the metaverse uh, metaverse concert concept. And as you know, we have the Medallion Society anniversary coming up next week. So we're trying to finalize what we're trying to do for that stuff. Uh, just to thank our community that has supported us uh, throughout the year and keep being as strong as they are. And just everybody for being such incredible humans in Web3. Um, so we're, we're working on something to probably put together something uh, for the Leon family. So definitely super grateful uh, for you, Jeremy, for this, uh, for letting us, uh, learn from you and uh, bringing this opportunity to us. I, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing how we uh, move forward this partnership. Absolutely, looking forward to it. And um, yeah, that you just gave me a great idea for the for the next tweet when I put it out for to to fish around for for projects who want to do live music. And you just said it. What what did you say again? You said um, 
we wanted to reward our community. And what a great way to sort of start the tweet from us, maybe. It's like, reward your community today. Do a concert for them. <laughs> I think it's just super simple and it's, it's right to the point. Yeah. Well, you got to give back, right? Like every founder, I every founder with a good heart. And I, I mean, I keep saying like with a good heart because we know what the space can be sometimes. So uh, it's important to know that the good people, like they deserve to get the flowers. And what's better than getting flowers than having an incredible concert that you can physically be present in without being physically there? Uh, in the metaverse, right? So um, I guess it's a new idea. It's it's good to open people's horizons. Some might like it, some might not. It's just, you just got to do what you got to do. You're always going to find people that love something or hate something. You just have to do, you have to do it for the people that love it. And you're always going to find those people. So I'm glad you're doing that. And we're, we're grateful uh, that you're going to be helping us out celebrate uh, the year of uh, success that we've had with everything that we've uh, worked on and the vision that we're bringing to fruition. Yeah, man, we've done several of the concerts. They always go off really, people always generally really like them. We end up getting a lot of people filtering through from the main spatial app um, because once you get 10 people, which we're going to have more than that, but once you get 10 people or more in your space, um, you start to go viral on the front page. They automatically shift you to the front page of the of the website because um, it's a web-based uh, metaverse. But um, it is so cool because you'll start getting all these new people coming in, and they're just, like, loving it. I mean, we've, they, we've had a lot of new community members from that, whereas they just, they just saw the pages trending, and they pop in. And they just stay and they listen. And um, it's really cool. You can wear a VR headset if you have it. And people describe that experience being a really super cool. We put the, the artist avatars on the stage. We have a proper stage, like a music venue slash bar. Um, and so we can, and we can set the, um, the stage up however we want. We can put Meta Leon stuff sprawled everywhere and get really creative with props um 3d i'm sorry yeah 3d props and stuff so um yeah it's really really cool and uh it's very accessible one link and then even if someone's never been to spatial um they to to get into the show let's just say or it's like two clicks two or let's say three to be safe the first click would be to connect your google account to log in and the next click would be maybe to select an avatar. But then after that, you can just click on the link that you were given and you're into this to the metaverse. I love that. What a perfect way to close things out again. Uh, thank you so much, Jeremy. It's been incredible chatting with you about the project and everything that you've coming up. I wish the project and you the very best and appreciate everybody that could join us today. Um, hope everybody has a wonderful rest of their weekends and day. Take care, everybody.